Falcon Twitter, rise up your boy, Southbridge706. We have Gift Queen and special guest, Mr. Savage from the Committee Podcast. What is poppin'? Hey, what's up, y'all? Cold, hectic week, but I'm here. We won, so. What's up, everybody? Y'all can always check me out on the Committee Podcast, holding it down. Shout out to everybody holding it down. Uh, let's get on to these Falcons. All right. So this week, we had a great victory against Tampa Bay, which we all were in agreement that last week we will win. So real quick, I'm going to proclaim Steve Sarkeesian. We're going to call him Sark, a.k.a. Nate Dog. So last three games, we have three wins. We have zero losses. So if you put the three and the zero together, you get 30. If you open your third eye, you know, line up your, your stars, you know, your horoscopes, that means that Nate is still watching. Somewhere off the grid, off of Twitter, Nate is still watching. Pray for Nate, 30, $30 Nate. Y'all put the piece together. Nate might be the secret reason that the Falcons are uh, successful. So, you know, we score over 30 points. It seems like we're winning. So, you know, shout out to Nate wherever you're at, scamming people. So, uh, you know, we're praying yeah. for you. So with Sark, this is fourth game with 30 points or more. We had 34 against the Packers, uh, 30 against the Lions, 34 against the Seahawks, and 34 against the Bucks. With the game, Matt Ryan went 26-35, 317, one touchdown. Julio Jones went slap buck wild, 12 receptions, 253 yards, two touchdowns. Anybody that had him on his fancy team, you lost. Shame on you. And Tico Rod, Tevin Coleman, who just had twins, shout out to him. He had 19 rushes for 97 yards, two touchdowns, one for each twin, like uh, I believe Gift Queen predicted, correct? Yep. I said, I said he has to get two touchdowns, one for each twin. Miss Purdy, 43, agreed, and won't. There it is. Two for both babies. Yes. And finally, and, and finally, finally, the 12 gauge has exploded. So, your boy Muhammad Sanu, shout out to him. Uh, he finally got a chance to showcase his talents as a quarterback out of the 12 gauge, which y'all on Twitter, it is not the Wildcat. Even some of the Falcons reporters and stuff like that, like, oh, yeah, Wildcat touchdown. I was like, no, yeah. hashtag 12 gauge, hashtag 12 gauge. It is not the Wildcat, y'all. It is the motherfucking 12 gauge because 12 gauge. explosive. You seen that 51 yard touchdown? There was cats saying the snooze should start a quarterback after that. I was like, okay, guys. Now, you know what? It was a pretty ass ball. I'm not gonna lie. Like, he he bobbled that shit and still bombed that shit, but let's 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 chill. Let's chill out a little bit. Hey, but, I, I I was one, I, I didn't say he should start. I said I asked how old he was. I was like, <laughs> well shit, you know, when Ryan is gone, I wouldn't mind Sanu taking his place on our team as quarterback. That's what I said. I, I know it was a reach and it was a hot take. Shame on me, but I'm just saying. You know, I mean, how many how many beers did you have when you said this? Because that's pretty... I didn't have any. You know, I have actually I wanted to drink this game because I got all my work and shit done before, but I was like, I've never drank any game this season, so I don't want to drink and like curse it. You know what I'm saying? Because you can't do something different. Yeah, I'm one of those people. I'm tr- I try not to do nothing different. Yeah, I think a lot of us have our rituals, you know. Shout out to the Salami guys. But also, back to Sanu, he also displayed his ability to uh, slap run people over. He definitely gave uh, TJ Ward that bean talk on that reception. Like, he blew his back out. Like, that shit was embarrassing, man. Like, shout out to Terran Ward because that's his cousin or something like that. But, man, like, that dude has a family. You can't go around, you know, embarrassing people like that on national television. Uh So, shout out to him for being, you know, 
pretty much an all-around versatile player. I think one of the more consistent players on offense as far as receiver court. So, yeah, definitely. I'd like to say something real quick from the outside looking in. Like, it, it yes. feels good to have a guy like Sanu back because I remember those last few years with Roddy and Roddy started to kind of fall off a little bit. And I kind of you feel like what? whatever, continue. He did. He, Roddy was starting to. Okay, well, they, they made Roddy fall off. Okay, I okay thank you. Thank you. We, we was at that game. Yeah, we, we were. That <laughs> game was ridiculous. But it's good to have some new energy. Like Sanu, he he really seems like he's embraced the culture, um, rise up, makes a lot of great plays. And that that ball he threw was so pretty. I was like, dang, man, that dude has a, has a cannon out there. Shoot. Yeah. They said he was recruited at Rutgers to play quarterback also. So I'm like, well, I, I definitely can tell. But I, I say all this to say this with these stats is, is hashtag fire Sark over? Is that is that done, or are, are we all on board as Falcons fans, Dirty Bird Nation, whatever uh, set you're repping with the red and black? Are we are we down with Sark now? Is Sark here to stay? Are y'all happy now? Because it seems like uh, he's starting to get his groove. He's starting to get in his bag with his play calling. Uh, right. And he, he's looking like he's looking like a guy that can get us where we want to go. So y'all let us know. You can add me at Southbury706. Let me know what you think about Steve Sarkeesian. I think he. I think he's good to go again. I said that I think he was brought in because he's not going to be hireable to another franchise with his uh, background. I think he's going to have a loyalty to Quinn, even if some people came knocking at the door like, hey, Coach Quinn gave me a chance to all my personal issues, and I'm going to be loyal to him and stick around and try to get this franchise to the promised land. So y'all let me know if Fireteam Sark is over. I know uh, our guest last week, uh, Charles McDonald, you can follow him at 4Verse. As of last week, he's still Team Fire Sark, hashtag Fire Sark, but – you know he might be a he might be a change in his tune with that because Sark's looking like he can uh you know get this office running at high pace. Now there's a couple of Swiss I saw we're gonna talk about later, but you know there's some people that still want to see a couple of other guys get involved. And again, this is what I'm talking about. Where was Justin Hardy this week? Like I want to see more consistency with him at the wide receiver position. Again, I understand sometimes his number doesn't always get called, but man. Did he even have a target this game? I, I don't think he did. I don't think so. Yeah, and I, I think once we can get everybody involved more, more or less like last year where you had, you know, 13 different receivers catch a touchdown pass, that just is one more thing for the defense to account for. Like, hey, anybody on this field can get it. Like, any one of these guys can be a threat to score or make a big play or make an explosive play. Also, along with that, you know, I know Gift Queen, she has a bit of a beef with Andre Roberts, but the last two weeks – He's been he's been looking like a little NFL kickoff returner or punt returner. So, what are you, what are your thoughts? Are you ready to turn? Are you ready to give him the man give the man the praise and respect he deserves? You still hating? No, I need like I I say I'm very consistent with saying this. I need to see you two seasons in a row, more than one. You have to prove to me, or more than one game, more than one season, that you're consistent. So until that happens, he's still on my shit list. I did it with Sark. I did it with uh, I did it with Roddy Weems. Like you have two seasons to show me that you are consistent every game, and then I'll give you your props. Other than that, he's on my shit list. I don't care. I agree with you because like with kick and punt returners, 
they'll have like a couple little small plays that are good or they'll get one big return, but then they'll do like a bunch of stupid stuff and make boneheaded decisions. So I, I do need to see that consistency as well. I mean, is is he going to be on the level of how Weems was for you? That remains to be seen. Right. Uh, so, Roberts, we still got our eye on you. Right. Like, my eye's still open. Like, you still on my shit list till the end of next season, if you're still here. Well, I mean, I think that he has shown outside of uh, one fumble that he's pretty – again, he's made big plays. I mean, I know there was a, a run back against Detroit that got called back due to uh, a phantom block in the back. But I, I think – he can improve off, off this year to next year. I, I hope to see that from a lot of guys. Like I know, you know, we get on Wes Weiser a lot, but he actually, the pocket was pretty clean this week. He looked pretty good running and blocking. He had a very good uh, run block on the goal line to get Tevin his first or second touchdown. And I was like, hey, I tweeted out like, hey, you know, Swicer's out here looking like an NFL guard. So and, right, he actually did good. And shout out to your boy, uh, low-key Confucius. Uh-huh. And uh, shout out to Vile Scenarius. So yeah. we we had a, a discussion which Gift Queen thought was an argument regarding the play of West White. So I just want to re- address this on the podcast because I feel that they were trying to attack me and try to make me seem like I'm an irrational fan, which is not the case. Now, what I said, well, the, the question that one of them posed was that, you know, what do we need to get in the draft? And some people were saying, like, oh, we need to get a guard. And I was like, you know, I think Wes Weiser, you know, I think he'll improve his second year. He's a little inconsistent, but, you know, at times like last week, he showed these really good. The pocket overall, I think, was pretty clean, especially on Sanu's touchdown pass. The pocket was excellent. Um, but to that point, I also said, oh, no, your boy Loki Confucius came in and said, oh, Wes Weiser has been good 90% of the time outside of that Bears game. I'm like, bro, hell no, 90%, bro. That means yeah. you're having like one bad play per every 10 plays. And we know for a fact that is not true. So I don't know what football you're watching. I don't know if you just go off, you know, pure metrics or stats or whatever, say metrics. But the eye test can tell you right now he is not good 90% of the time. That's that's horseshit. So I made the comment that, yo, 90% is a high number. And he single-handedly shortened uh, Devontae Freeman's career. And then that's when him and uh, – Vile scenarios came in. I'm like, oh no, that's not true. There's a seal block here, and you know he didn't cause he didn't cause the injury. I'm like, okay, I'm overall agreeing that I think West White should be fine next year. Now you can't for sure say that him horribly missing that block against the Cowboys directly led to Devontae Freeman getting a concussion. Y'all have a lot more compassion than me because I'm definitely holding him accountable for that. And I say that in jest, but I look Agreed. at it from yeah, I look at it from a cause and effect standpoint, right? So let's take another example. All right, Super Bowl. I know we don't want to talk about this, but this is, you know, kind of the, the, the example I'd like to use. So if Devontae Freeman makes that blitz pickup or blocks the, the end or the linebacker on that one play with the fumble late in the game, who's to say that we don't win, right? I can't guarantee that we would have won the game if he made that block, but the probability would be a lot higher, right? Okay, cool. Second part. Okay, so he misses that block and Matt Ryan fumbles. I can't 100% say that because he misses that block, Matt Ryan fumbles. Matt Ryan could have, you know, held the ball better. He could have secured it better. But him missing that block had a, led to a higher probability of that happening. And that's what I was trying to convey, which they didn't understand and try to 
I felt it may try to make me seem like I didn't understand the game, which is not the case. And that's why I have a podcast, so I can express these things in more than 140, 280 characters. One thing that I didn't like is that how both of them shot Duval's scenarios, you glossed over the fact that your boy said that Wes Weiser has played good 90% of the time and focus on what I said. You got to keep it 100, man. You got to be consistent with your takes. You have to be honest with your takes because we all know anybody that watched the Falcons this year can tell you that Wes Weiser has not played good 90% of the season. That is that is unacceptable, and that is ridiculous. So shout out to y'all. It's no beef. I know uh, Vile was like, you know, I was joking around and subtweeted your boy. So I think I uh, I quoted another person from the Fogaholic saying, you know, showing that Wes Weiser block, talking about he horribly missed that block. I was like, yeah, it's like, oh, you know, let's be a dose. I'm like, it's, it's all in good fun. So it's not, there's no beef. You know, we just having a discussion, but that's what I was trying to convey. So, correct. And my thing with that whole situation was no matter how you skin it, you look at the play and what occurred. Wes and Hooper both missed, and it was a factor into free getting a concussion. No matter how you skin it. Yeah. And then, like, period. And then, whatever, low key, whatever. Try to tell me that if it was half a second, if free moved yeah, half a second right, faster. On, so yeah, he, on, he blamed free for his own concussion, saying if he moved half a second faster, then he would never have gotten the concussion. And I said, where is your math in that? Because I want to see your whole, like your whole breakdown step by step, each uh, algebraic equation, because like, how does that make sense? And why would you blame Free for his own, for getting a concussion? Yeah, my thing when is, look. It wasn't solely his fault. You know, like, it, seriously, the blame game on yeah, Free. Yeah, you, you can't use a hypothetical to prove your point and then disprove mine. Like, I could say, hypothetically, if you'd have made his block, Freeman would have got a concussion. But when I say that, it's like, oh, well, you can't blame Wes Weiser for his injury. You know, Free should have been faster. Okay, cool. Free could have maybe spun. He could have juked. Maybe he could have kept his head up. I don't know. But my main point is him horribly whiffing on that block directly raised percentages of Free getting hit, which could lead to an injury 1,000%. So... That, that was my little take on that. I didn't really, really har- want to really harp on that. I actually want to get low-key on the podcast. I also want to get Vile on, but apparently he says he has some sort of accent, and he, he feels that people wouldn't want to hear that. But, hey, as long as you're out there. from, like, London or something or Sweden. No, oh, I mean, as long as you're spitting that real dog, you can come through. You have an open invitation, like I told you. So, shout out to y'all. One thing that I've been seeing a lot with uh, Freeman being out the last couple of weeks is this was a – Somebody said this a couple weeks ago, they were making the the statement, some of the quote-unquote fans were saying that Coleman is a better running back than Devontae Freeman. And I really thought about this. The hell? Okay, Coleman had a great game. He had a great game. He went, you know, 19 for 97, two TDs. He's a threat out the backfield to catch the ball. He's very explosive. But better running back than Devontae Freeman? Absolutely not. I'm not going to say that just from the eye test, what Freeman can do Freeman. And I've tweeted this out before and it might be blasphemous, but Freeman has Barry Sander like quickness with this cuts. Like, I don't know how he got to this point. I've watched video of him in high school, even in college. He didn't look like that college. He didn't really, or high school. He didn't look that quick to me, but somewhere he developed his footwork and his explosiveness. That dude 
breaks ankles continuously and embarrasses guys. He consistently turns what should be two, three, four, five-yard losses into at least one, two, three, four, maybe five-yard gains. Coleman cannot do that. Coleman doesn't have the lower body strength, and I can't really trust him at this point to consistently short yardage situations get us a yard if we need it. Because like I said, even if Freeman gets hit in the backfield, he can do something or power through it to get that one yard. Coleman, to me, I test, again, I'm not an expert, hasn't shown to be able to do that. So that that's my thing. Now what I will go to, and that you know we can talk about this, you can add me at South 706, is do we think Coleman is a feature back? So let's say for some reason we can't afford to sign Coleman because he's kind of showing, you know, hey, I can carry a little by myself. I'm going to start with uh, Mr. Savage. Do you think from what you've seen, do you think Tevin Coleman could be a starter on another team? All right. So in my humble opinion, I don't think that he can be a bell cow back. I don't think he could be a feet. He could be a featured back in a rotation. He just doesn't have the lower body strength, like you said, to be that bell cow. So I think he'd work good in a, in a system, but I just can't see him in my opinion, being a number one back. Um, he reminds me similar to just, I don't know, like he just doesn't seem like the total package. Like the things that I like about Freeman, I think Freeman can be a bell cow, but he does have those concussion issues. And I think that he's in a wonderful system that works for him. Um, with Coleman, I just don't see it happening. I mean, I apologize if actually I don't apologize. If you don't agree with me, Adolphus underscore Savage, and I'll roast your ass. On to the next one. Gif, what do you think? That's who you are. Sorry, I just <laughs> <laughs> the, light, the light bulb went off. <laughs> it did. Um, yeah, uh, Coleman is not better than Freeman. Point blank, period. At me, all you want to, all you're gonna do is get muted. So he's not. Um, I I don't see him as a starter. I think he's good in the system that we have with Freeman and Coleman, and he he's like more of a. Um, you know, a wide receiver, like, honestly, than a, run, than, than a running back. I mean, it just is what it is. Freeman, I call him Crisco. Like, he can literally get through defenses like butter. He has the eye. He can plant his foot very quickly and change direction. Yeah, he definitely has better than, vision than Coleman. Yeah, a better vision. And Coleman, Coleman, he can truck through people, not – many people but he he can definitely truck through some people he, he's a powerhouse but yeah as a starter somewhere else no i mean hell you know you know who that fucking bastard in san francisco he loves him so he might take him and he i'm sure he'll make him the starter oh, but he's not a disco ho ho hold your horses now come on hey, you know she, that whole that whole loves him Hey, she 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 has a long-standing beef with this guy, but what, day one. What? Yeah, well, no comment. What I'll say is, like Coleman, he makes amazing plays. Like there's two runs that he had that, literally, if there was, if he only had one person. Matter of fact, I think if he had zero blocking, he could, he still could have scored a touchdown just from his pure speed getting to the outside and getting to the corner, which is great. That one of those touchdowns looked like a straight Madden play, just take it to the outside get to the sideline, outrun everybody, which is excellent. It's something that Freeman cannot do. That is his limitation. Correct. But look at the numbers. 
This year, Freeman has 116 carries for 515 yards, averaging 4.4 yards a carry. His longest run has been 44 yards. He's had three runs, 20 yards or more, five touchdowns, and this is missing about three games, right? Coleman, I don't think he's missed any games, if I'm not mistaken. I might be wrong again. You know, add me, tell me I'm wrong, whatever. He has 122 carries for 539 yards, right? So he only has 20, 24 more yards than Coleman, if my math is right. As of right now, they both average 4.4 yards per carry. Coleman's longest run has been 52 yards. That does not seem right. I think I don't think that's right at all. Because I believe he had an 80-yard run, if I'm not mistaken, at some point. Okay, well, his longest run, I believe, is twice as long as Freeman. So again, that is the limitation or the, the advantage he has over free. He has had six plays of 20 yards or more, and him and Freeman have both had five touchdowns. So he has six more carries uh, and about less than about less than 20 more yards or 24 more yards on six more carries, playing about three more games. And he also has a fumble. So if you look at the numbers, I mean, you can argue that Coleman, by the numbers, could be a feature back. But I think Coleman works because he has a guy he can be a switch up with, like Freeman. Now, me personally, I'm not – the verdict for me is still out if Coleman could be a feature back on another team. Like Mr. Savage says, I think he fits good in the system you want with the zone blocking scheme. You'll know, let him get to the outside. But I think Freeman can do either or. He has the great vision, even though he might not have the speed to break the longer runs. I think he has the better vision power to consistently get good yards on the zone blocking scheme. And I think Freeman could excel in a ISO run scheme, you know, right up the middle with the fullback because of his vision and his power. So that's, that's the edge I'm going to give to him. And also Freeman can catch, like – Freeman's first year as a starter, he had great, great stats receiving. I know Sarkeesian has got away from throwing to the running backs like a Shanahan has. Hopefully we can incorporate that back into our game. But Freeman has hands. They just – well, Coleman has hands also, but they just, for whatever reason, Sark hasn't, you know, found that group with those guys. I know last year against Denver, you know, Tevin Coleman made great plays out of the you – know, as a wide receiver, you know. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we can see that as our season progress, as Sark gets better. So y'all let me know at South Free 706 if you think Tim Coleman could be a starting running back for another team. And let me know why. I'd love to, to talk that out with y'all. So and actually, I have oh, no, a, a quick little point that I want to do. Like this is a little bit of a comparison. But to me, when I look at Freeman, I kind of see a lot of Arian Foster in him. I know he doesn't have the size but he's a hard runner. He's really shifty. He can do so much damage out of the backfield. And remember, um, when you remember Arian Foster, he, did, he may not have had that game-changing speed, but he was a damn good back. When I see Tevin Coleman, I see a lot of Reggie Bush, and it was another running back out of Clemson. I forgot his name. That he C.J. Was, Spiller? Yeah, C.J. Spiller. I see kind of that, except with less of an injury concern. But, like, those are not guys that you're going to go for if it's fourth and two and you need it. You're probably going to just try to dump it off to them in the flats instead of letting them run it up the middle. So I just wanted to make that quick comparison. Thanks for the save on CJ Spiller. I forgot his name. <laughs> yeah, it's all good, man. So, But, yes, this is the, the meat and potatoes of the podcast. We're going to get into the uh, Dirty Bird Nation report, which is reading some of y'all's tweets. So, Gift, did you want to start or no? Uh, yeah, y'all start. 
Luckily, this week there's nothing crazy. It seems that our oh, week, there's a couple. There's a couple crazy ones. So I probably blocked them. You know me. I've been blocking people like a bad habit. Um. So I got Rise Up, Dirty Bird. He added um, Taylor Gabriel and said, "But all jokes aside, how long till Gabriel is a Niner?" I know he's upset about his role in the offense. We need to get him more touches. Dude is a savage with the ball in his hands. Now, Gabe Taylor liked this tweet. What exactly he liked about it, I don't know. Maybe he wants more touches. Maybe he wants he more touches. That's yeah, it. I don't think he wants to be a 49. I hope not. But what, what do y'all think about that? I think he just wants to get more touches. But again, man, like you, they they all know that they're going through a transition, as you can see, with a new offense coordinator with Steve Sarkeesian, who is now starting to find his groove. So I think that he will figure out ways to get TG Turbo involved in the game more. So I'm not I'm not really taking that tweet. I'm not putting too much weight into that. Yeah. So then we got Roy coming. I don't know who the hell that is. But he said the Buccaneers went to great lengths to contain Falcons, Julio Jones. And y'all know Carlton. I know a lot of y'all are following him now. He's at uh, Sloping Giraffe. Said, to be fair, how was Mike Smith supposed to game plan for a player he's only seen, coached, and coached against for the past seven years? So shout out to him for that because seriously, I don't know why they tweeted that because Mike Smith should have known and double teamed Julio, but you know, they're making excuses now for that um, L that they took. And then I got this last one that's a, it's a twinning conspiracy. Literally. Uh, I, I, haven't, <laughs> I haven't watched that video, but I've heard of this. This is interesting. All right. So y'all listen up. Tevin Coleman just had twins. Matt Ryan is expecting twins. Still, fuck you, Lindsay, okay? That's not in the tweet. I just added that. Um, Falcons equipment manager expecting twins. Matt Schaub has twins. Matt Bryant has twins. I believe he has two sets of twins. And the Super Bowl is in the Twin Cities. So, hmm. wow! I Illuminati. mean, <laughs> I like this little conspiracy theory going on, and it would be amazing. I still, in the back of my head, think that we're going back to the Super Bowl. I know a lot of you don't, but you know, I'm still claiming it, and I, I, I like it. I mean, it sounds like it's it's meant to happen for us, especially when you put all this together. I mean, what are y'all y'all's thoughts? Is it crazy? Do you think it's going to happen? First of all, I'd just like to say I'm never going to back to Atlanta again. Definitely not drinking any tap water from Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> as far as the going back to the Super Bowl, ooh, the Eagles are on a roll. That's true. I don't know. I mean, I, I I know from last year's Falcons team could have beat them, and I know the pieces are still there, but I got to see that confidence. If Atlanta keeps winning, I think they can get right back into the thick of things. I don't think New Orleans is real, so 
Uh, shout out to the twins, the twinsies and twin city, because we're twinning. We are. Atlanta's twinning. Y'all, y'all men folk, y'all women folk that won't that, that don't want to have children right now. Y'all better wrap it up, get some freaking birth control, some plan B, all that crap. Because if y'all want kids and next thing you know, y'all got twins too. Shit. I'm be cracking up laughing. Cats in Atlanta out there yelling, rise up when they ejaculate. So that's like, I guess that's what I'm going Talk about it, brother. <laughs> I guess that's the magic word to get twist. So shout out to anybody who's going to try that this weekend. But I got a couple of qu- tweets real quick. So so we have our guest uh, last week, Charles McDonald at Fortverse. Y'all can follow him. This man is an animal. I was laughing when I saw this. So, of course, we had a lot of DB injuries. Uh, Keanu Neal uh, pretty much yeah. <laughs> broke. <laughs> he, nah. broke uh, he broke down with two fought's <laughs> neck, just like put him out the game. Brian Poole got his back blown out somehow in the game. So we were kind of down, and uh, your boy for a verse, he, he tweeted, put Jalen Collins in. I was like, bro, too soon, man. Come on, nah. dog. Like, I'm like, come on, man. Like, that's out of control. He just got kicked out. <laughs> So, also, there was a tweet that got retweeted that was circulating from Big Baller Brand Hive at D or Dead Scott at Dead Scott. He said, and this is October 22nd, he said, Julio washed. I don't want any more excuses. I was, like, I was like, that tweet aged like the finest of milks. That, that's a terrible tweet. So, shout out to you because you're an idiot. We have another tweet from ATL Shouty uh, at Shouty. Shaute, 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 Z3. And this is interesting. This is probably uh, the, the, the mindset of a lot of Falcons fans. He said Sark is slowly easing out of the hot seat. And he emphasized in all caps, slowly. So a lot of people think that. And so, all right. So this guy, Scott Karsik at Karsik S. After Terran, Terran Ward fumbled, he tweeted out, cut Terran Ward. All right. Several Got people it. tweeted that. Yeah. I saw several people on my TL with that. Now, now this is this is what I'll say. And even you were saying, you know, you wish we still had Brian Hill. And some people were on the time I'm talking about, hey, you know, you know, Terrell Ward hasn't impressed me. Terrell Ward, if you go watch him in the time, the limited carries he gets, he he pretty much makes the most of every carry he gets. So he obviously impressed more than Brian Hill in the preseason to get a roster spot as our third running back. So my thing is people that had this energy. Again, it was at a big moment in the game. Had we lost the game, he would have been the, the scapegoat. But yeah. look at it like this. What if we'd have been like, hey, cut uh, Tevin Coleman, his, his rookie year where he seemed to fumble anytime he broke a 20-yard run. Like the dude fumbled. People fumble. What happens, again, it was at a terrible time. And he came back. And I'm glad the coaches actually gave him another chance to run the ball because he came back at the end of the game and was pretty much helped close it out with big runs. So Let's let's not yeah. be too quick to jump on the cut fire train. Like it's part of the game. Like again, it sucks, but it happens. So let's yeah. let's not. I, and I, we're an emotional fan base. We we are. Yeah. But got his first fumble. We gotta cut him. Like come on now, fumbles yeah, happen. They yeah, happen, people. It's definitely uh definitely part of the game. Also, we had give chance a chance at chance two K eleven. He said, quarterbacks in the NFC South ranking. Number one, Matt Ryan. Number two, Drew Brees. Number three, Cam Newton. Number four, Muhammad Sanu. And number five, Jameis Winston. So, (laughs) oh, come on, man. 
Well, I mean, okay, to, to be fair, to be fair, in his career, Muhammad Snoo is six for six, 228 yards, and three touchdowns. He has a perfect quarterback rating for his career as a wide receiver. So he might he might be the GOAT, you know. And if you go back and watch his highlights of the touchdown passes, those weren't no easy passes either. Like even the one to get the Julio, like that was a good ass pass. He threw one to uh he when he played for the uh the Bengals, he threw one to your boy from North Carolina, Giovanni Bernard, which was a great pass. And then even against us, he threw a 50-yard touchdown in 2014, if I'm not mistaken. So the, the dude, hey man, he's legit. So uh the, the last one that I want to read comes from everybody's favorite uncle, you know, Miles Ned Yak, Shannon Sharp. And I've had this discussion with some people I know also. He said, I'm taking Rice, Owens, Moss, and Megatron and uh, Julio Jones over Calvin Johnson. I'm sorry, I read that wrong. He said, I'm taking Rice, Owens, and Moss over Megatron and Julio Jones. And me and Mr. Savage and another one of my homeboys had this discussion. And I was like, yeah, I, I think Julio Jones is a better wide receiver than Megatron. And again, this is another discussion for another day. Go watch the highlights. Like Calvin Johnson is good at the being covered by three people making a big catch, but Julio is good at pretty much everything else. So, but you know, that's another discussion for another day. So that's the you know Dirty Bird Nation report. That's y'all's tweets. So get at us, let you know what you think about the tweets. The last thing that we'll do this fine evening is kind of give our outlook for the Vikings game. Again, I know we have a lot of injuries uh, as far as in the secondary, and the stealing guy is an animal. Diggs is a handful. So, what do you, what do you think is going to happen this weekend, Giff? I, I I'm actually surprised they didn't re-sign Collins. Like again, I know you cut him, but man, he knows the system. He's probably still in great shape, and I'm pretty sure at this point we could probably have got him for you know bargain basement prices. So right. I. I understand they're probably trying to have a culture in Atlanta again. You know, you have to send a message to the players that that kind of behavior and those type of mistakes consistently year after year cannot be tolerated. Right. But man, I even just as a safety blanket, man, just like, hey, you know, just, bring him in, see what he does. Like, I don't know. What, what do you think about this week? Look, all I, I don't know what we're about to do in the um, cornerback situation. Like, all I know is I need for whoever is going to be playing and taking True's place needs to, like, help me out here. Because I, I wanted Mr. P.E.D. gone the first time he got busted. You know what I'm saying? Then he was good, and he was like, oh, was like, oh shit, I got to eat my words. Because he actually played well last year, and then he did it again. And I'm like, oh, well, shit, bye. Like, get off my team. So don't make me eat my words. I don't know what we're going to do. I guess Allen maybe become cornerback. Pool, it's day by day right now. He hasn't been confirmed back in. So I, I'm i nervous. I, I can't even lie. I'm nervous. Thanks, Neil, you fast-hitting bastard. I love you so much. But goddamn, the dude was already on the fucking ground. Like, what were you doing? What yeah, he, were he you does. thinking? I don't know. What are you I, I, thinking? Probably not. Uh, but I, I have noticed if you watch how the Falcons EBs tackled, I understand the fast and physical, all gas, no brakes, but that that's not safe for him. It's not safe for other players. 
right and, and he went head first like yeah yeah I, i've seen uh, uh casey do the same thing when he got to play at free safety so i know uh if i'm not mistaken ricardo allen he played a little bit of cornerback and i know whoever made the suit was like oh yeah you know uh ricardo allen came in the big at a big moment he hasn't played a single snap at cornerback let's not forget uh, ricardo allen was he was well not drafted but he's undrafted on the team as a cornerback and converts to safety so he does have experience that position so you know we had casey who has had experience early in the season playing free safety they could move him to free safety and then move ricardo allen the corner for one game to have uh alfred on the other side and uh damn i forgot the other dude is a backup again not an expert sorry but there's that could be a rotation they could do another thing that i think they'll do they should try to do is probably try to have long, long drives in offense to try to, you know, keep those guys off the field as much as possible. Hopefully we can score a lot, but my yeah. thing is, man, if they're confident in the players they have, then yeah. as a, as a supporter of the team, we have to have that same confidence, but it, it is a big game that we need to win. I think it'll be a huge yeah. confidence boost, especially if we can do it with key guys down. So someone's right. got to it, step up and make a play. That's what's that going to because it's like, do we have to put up 50 points this game just to win? I, I don't want to do that. I don't, I don't think, think we can. But yeah. yeah, I don't think we can put up 50 points. And they didn't make any moves this whole week. So, And I like Allen where he is because he's very great. Like he, he usually always stops somebody when everyone else misses. So I'm, uh, I'm trying to trust – I, I have no choice but to trust them. I just hope whatever happens, you know, we do it very well and we get this win. I think if we lose this, if we lose this game, people are going to go like, fucking lose their mind. I'm going to slightly lose my mind. I'm not going to completely fucking lose my mind because it is the Vikings. They are an excellent team. We can't deny that. They're in the, you know, the stats, they're ahead of us in offense and ahead of us in defense. So it's, it's going to be a battle, and everyone just needs to be prepared. Don't go in this cocky. You know, the fans need to calm down. Triples told me that we, we've been trashed. Not we. I haven't. But fans have been trash talking like crazy, and it's mostly those that gave up on the team in week eight. Mm. Uh, so y'all need to, I don't know, shut the fuck up because, yeah, shut up. Like, don't be trash talking right now especially when you gave up on us and hopefully shit, hopefully we get this win. That's, that's all I got. Yeah. So again, hopefully uh, we can, uh, again, next man up, you have to step up, make, make a play when you guys are down this opportunity for other players to come in and it's opportunity for the stars and the, the big players, and the contributors, you know, Tack had a great sack. It's, it's, it's games for people like him to step up and make a play. It's game for him like Big Beasley to, you know, make a play, get a couple sacks or get a sack, get pressure, do what you have to do. So everybody has to just step up, you know. Hopefully offense, we can continue to have a clean game. Uh, stay pick-free, stay turnover-free as much as possible, and just execute. We've been executing, and uh, hopefully we can continue that streak. So I, I think it'll be a close game, but I think it'll be fine. So. Do you have a score prediction at all? Mm, nah. With this game, no. Mm -mm. And this game and the people that we have out, I no, I have nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I do have a score prediction. I think it's going to be 23-20 Atlanta. Um, I think that we'll finally see the high to Case Keenum's Jekyll come out. I don't think he's going to have that good of a game against a fast defense for Atlanta. Atlanta should have enough offense to overcome a great Vikings defense. It's all about momentum. Atlanta needs every win they can get at this point to roll into the playoffs. So, right. I'm going to give them the nod on this one and say they're going to barely pull it out, but it's going to be a dog fight. So another heart attack game. Well, yep. <laughs> I think if we don't score more than 30 points, we're not going to win. So I say we win by, uh, I'll say 33 to 27 to start some numbers. So, but again, I, I, I still got nothing. <laughs> well, score. Yeah, well, don't bet based on my predictions because I'm not a professional. So, But again, <laughs> this is the Dirty Bird Nation Report, the unofficial official podcast of Falcon Twitter. We appreciate y'all checking us out every week. Definitely add us if you have anything you want to talk about, if you want to jump on, you know, if you want to chop it up, Falcons talk. Uh, we appreciate y'all checking us out. I appreciate Mr. Savage coming through from the committee podcast. You can check us out yes. every Monday. Definitely leave a comment on the Apple Podcast and SoundCloud. Shout out to It's Tribbles. Uh, shout out to everybody else banging with us. So appreciate it. And uh, we out. Peace. Bye, y'all. Yes, sir. <clears throat> Social House. <laughs>